0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to our third virtual Diverse Ed event. Um, This is our first time we've run a fifth panel, and I want to thank Sophie Christofy, the CEO of Phoenix Education, for bringing a bit of challenge to Diverse Ed last January when she said to me, Hannah, where is the youth voice at Diverse Ed? So, Sophie, do you want to just tell us a little about Phoenix Education and then introduce the panel for our very first youth Diverse Ed panel, please?
1: Yeah, sure thing. Um, So, yeah, I'm CEO at Phoenix and our charitable mission, as it were, is to try and start conversations and address the issue of power imbalances within schools and other learning environments that have adults and young people in, basically. So um, we work with innovators outside of the mainstream system who are trying to create um, more democratic, self-directed um, learning environments where young people have a lot of agency and autonomy in what they do, and also work with mainstream schools on how they can um, address that issue too. Um, so that's what um, what we do. And um, and yeah, I, I won't go on about that too much more right now. Um, I'd love to move over and actually introduce the panel instead. So um, um, uh, the panel today is going to be chaired by Leah. Um, would you like to introduce yourself first, Leah?
2: yeah of course thank you sophie hello everyone um it's really really exciting to be here especially for the reasons that sophie and hannah outlined the fact that this is like the first time that diverse ed have had young people on it's amazing and i know that we had more young people on like dylan on earlier panels so it's just absolutely amazing i love it Um, my name is Aliyah. i am an A-level student, currently in year 13, studying politics, geography and sociology. And I'm also the founder of Pupil Power, which is a youth-led movement aiming to educate and engage young people on policy and practice in school and essentially mobilise young people to lead change in the classroom. I'm really, really keen on shifting the narrative that young people have to you know, passively learn and just you know, be the learners. In fact, I really want young people to be on the decision-making tables with the educational leaders, the policy makers, and actually have a say in the education that they're receiving. So that is a little bit about me. And I'd really love the rest of the panel to introduce themselves. So am I right to say that we're all in the right order? So I'm at the bottom left. Yeah, okay, perfect. So if we start with Aya and then we move right and then back down, that makes sense.
3: Um, so my name's Aya. Uh I'm also part of No More Exclusions. Um, and it's like uh it's an organization, a grassroots organization, and they campaign to abolish um exclusions in schools. Um I'm 16, uh, so that makes me in year twelve. Uh, I study politics, sociology and history, so um, yeah, that's me, done, but uh,
4: yeah. Hi, I'm Simi, I'm 16, Um, I am part of People Power as well as CML which Phoenix runs um, and also the co-founder along with Ava. Of Not a Trend, which is um, a youth led um, campaign trying to uh, create long lasting and meaningful um, change and anti racist conversations so they're not just fleeting and performative.
5: Um, Hi, I'm Ava. Um, Like Simi said, I'm also part of People Power, CML, and one of the co founders of Not a Trend. I'm 16, I'm doing my A-levels in year 12, I'm studying in history, philosophy and English literature and I'm really excited to be here today, thank you.
6: Hi I'm Lottie, um, I'm 18, I'm currently in year 13 studying sociology, criminology and performing arts which is a complete mouthful I know. Um, I'm a part of the People Power and the I Will campaign which works to get young people to be more involved in social action as well as the NCS Youth Rising podcast which delves into stories about young people that
0: wouldn't be heard on the mainstream news. So Benny, Sophie and I are just going to disappear and over to you for our youth panel, we'll come back for the Q&A, thank you.
2: Thank you, thank you so much for you um, all introducing yourself so I guess now like we're in the space and I'm sure there's loads of teachers, loads of educational leaders, and hopefully young people as well listening to this live stream. So if you are, please like keep tweeting us. It's really, really exciting to see the interaction and do ask questions. So as everybody knows, we've had a day full of loads of different panels and the theme is belonging. Um we've kind of you know, we know that the theme is belonging and we're going to ask and answer some questions around that and dissect that and what it means for us, particularly as young people um, in this space. And afterwards, I'm really excited to sort of like pull away from that theme and look at like the idea of social justice, as we all, as you can tell, are clearly involved in some some way, shape or form, social justice or activism or campaigning. And I'm really like keen to explore what that looks like as a student, because I don't really think that's something that's necessarily encouraged in mainstream education um, to sort of you know think radically enough to change the system or think beyond what our current reality is so it would be really interesting I'm sure for people to listen into what our views are on that so going straight into it I think we can follow the same order if you guys are happy with as we ask questions we just go in that order um, I'm sure we, we are all very opinionated we have loads of great ideas and views so like just go for it and um, my first question is related just straight into trying to understand like what does belonging mean to you as a young person? Um, And you can go as deep or as like non-deep as you want, but what does belonging mean to you, Aya? Um,
3: So that that question um, is actually very complicated because there's several layers to belonging, but I'll try and keep it um, brief. Um, My view of belonging is an anti-capitalist society because capitalism, Uh, stops the um, idea of belonging, um, in my opinion. Um, And we can only belong um, in movements that aim to abolish um, capitalism. But like, we can try and belong in a capitalist society, but it is very, very hard, unless um, we find people who are like minded. So uh, yeah, that's my view on belonging. But uh,
2: yeah, Simi? And I guess with that question, because double, double, double question in, time, in terms of what does belonging mean to you and sort of like what issues arise? I think I have like said it perfectly in terms of what she thinks is so important to her. What issues arise from the feeling of belonging or not potentially feeling that you belong?
4: Yeah, I think belonging is something, it's a feeling, feeling accepted in a community that even that acknowledges differences between people which because difference does arise because everyone's individual but embracing those differences in a way that's not completely disregarding the fact that there are differences and you know I think a lot of people try to have this like I don't see race I don't see gender I don't see whatever differences there are and I think that's completely it doesn't solve the problem of trying to make people feel belonging and make people feel involved and included so I think it's Acknowledging them in a meaningful way, um, but being open to knowing that for people to belong, things can change and things can shift. For people to belong in one uh, society or one community is different to how they might belong in a different community.
5: Um, I would say mine is quite similar to Timmy's in the sense that I think the word community is really important to talk about. Because my sense of belonging is feeling like everybody is working together within the community to make changes, to improve on our everybody's lives. And that making sure every single person has an equal opportunity to thrive and succeed in whatever world we're living in. And I think at the moment we don't live in that, that society, we don't live in that world. And that's really sad to me, but I'd really love to be able to change that in some way, shape or form.
6: So um, belonging to me definitely looks at representation and seeing myself and the people who I surround myself with in education, in the media, in government, in power, etc, etc. Like Ava, I don't see that often at the moment. Um, I definitely think it's improving. But particularly in education, I think a lot of us will be able to kind of vouch for the fact that us and our kind of views, opinions and life is just kind of left to the sidelines um so to fully belong I feel like we need to have a society which is anti-capitalist which is looks at and helps everyone and um yeah I think we can definitely achieve that and it just has to be something that everyone puts the work in for
2: most definitely like most definitely I agree with you all on that 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 note and I think also something to pull on like that sense of community like Ava spoke about but also like your part and your role to play in that community because I think often we're looking at it like at everybody else. So we're in our shoes, but we're looking at everybody else. But it's also, what role do we have to play? What responsibility do we have to play to make sure that we feel belong um, or that we feel that sense of belonging rather. And also the idea that sometimes if we draw on our own experiences, I think a lot of you can relate. We've had to create that space for ourselves. So, you know, if we look at representation um, of age, for example, that's something that's been really important to me coming into the space. Um, And, you know, when I first kind of got interested in, you know, organizing community organizing activism um reflecting on education and being really critical about the education i re- was receiving particularly as a young person it was really important that you know i created that space and that we're all doing that through speaking and um, being accepting of one another and each other but also being unapologetic about our experiences and our stories um in order to create that sense of belonging so it's kind of like we have a responsibility to you know do that for ourselves but also for others Um, and a lot of time we forget to do it for ourselves because we're too focused on you know other people which is amazing but we also need to remember ourselves if that makes any sense whatsoever Um, and I just want on that note then I'm really curious to know a time in your life or in education it sounds really like the because we are still really young like a time in our lives but just in education that has stood out to you that's made you perhaps not feel a sense of belonging and the impact of that most importantly that has almost most definitely sparks all of your activism in some way, shape or form. We can go backwards again. So Lottie, you can go Ava, Simi, Aya. (laughs) There's a lot of things that came to mind when you
6: said that. I was like, oh my God, there's loads, Um, (laughs) which isn't a good thing really. But I think the main thing was kind of in PSHE lessons, specifically like sex ed stuff and stuff about like consent and about LGBT relationships is never touched on. And at that moment, I was learning more on the internet than I was at school in terms of relationships and that sort of thing. And that just was the most infuriating thing ever, because I was looking at classrooms full of a really diverse set of people who aren't hearing these things. And these things are so important. And so that definitely sparked me and my local community to kind of start creating some change and speaking to you know senior managers in school about it Um and then going further looking at like student councils and stuff which again I've been a part of a lot trying to change stuff about PSHE and sex ed Um hearing that that room of people is full of students who are normally of a very privileged position and are very intelligent Um but it's not a representation of your school's views at all and often student councils are what the teacher in charge wants and not what the students there want um so again there that was so incredibly frustrating because that's supposed to be something in the school where you can make change and it it definitely didn't at all um so then i met Leah. um we were filming for a podcast um and joined the people power and i think on that level i've seen the most change created because it is such a movement that is from the ground up so we can all work in our local communities using the people power but also as a whole and looking at more like governmental and parliamentary entries and more national issues and so i'm aware i'm rambling so i'm gonna shut up now but there you go
5: um i would say there's once again a lot of things that really sparked my activism one of them being that i grew up in quite a political household those conversations are always happening, so it's kind of been something in the back of my mind. But also, I've just always wanted to be a person that sees something wrong, and I want to change it. And school, for some reason, ha- makes it impossible for students to be able to change anything they see. If there's a problem and it's brought up in a school council space, that school council space is completely performative. It's there so teachers can take off a box. Not all teachers, obviously. A lot of you guys here are all fighting, but it feels like a space a school can go, yeah, we've got our student voice, but we're not going to listen to anything they say. We're only going to guide those conversations. We're going to choose what they talk about. And then we're going to ignore everything and just continue doing what we're doing. And for me, that was so wrong. And even trying to create spaces where we when we wanted to be an activist in society. It took us almost a year to get that up and running just to find a room and the teacher would facilitate it. And it's things like that that really made me even more and more passionate to change things about education in school. I think during lockdown as well, seeing seeing that students don't care about the education they're receiving, they care about the exam they're taking, every single student who has had their exams cancelled this year and the year before in my year, um, has, hasn't said, oh it's okay I've still learned everything, I'm still really interested, Most students have said, well, what was the point of that? I didn't take my exam, which tells me there's something completely wrong with that education system because students don't feel like they're getting anything out of it. They always feel like they're planning to take an exam. And that is really wrong to me. That's something that's really inspired me to make change. Also, just seeing the language used in school around sexism and the fact that our curriculum is so Eurocentric, so male centric just has made me even more passionate to create change, it's made me quite angry, So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna also shut up now.
4: Yeah I think similar to what Lottie and Ava said, there's not, I don't know if there's one moment for me, I think it's a collection of the build-up and sort of the outrage which I think a lot of students face is just channeling that anger and channeling that like rage into creating this change which is why panels like these are so wonderful like I think just I know it's been touched on but um, student council just as as a concept and I think as a concept it's admirable but it never I've never really seen it work in practice just it's the epitome of performative um, student voice where you know it's it's supposed to be representative of the student um, population of the school but it never is and I think Teachers need to ask themselves, what students are we listening to when we say we have school council? Because, like Lottie said, often it's they're handpicked, they're the 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 model student who will have the model responses and things like that. And I think I remember just sitting in like sociology um, classes because I took that the GCSE and learning about you know what the purpose of education is and the different like lenses through which you can see education. And it was so I remember just looking around thinking this system is so wrong and they're teaching us about why it's so wrong in sociology but they're they're teaching us these issues with such a confidence because they know that oh even if they know about what's wrong with it there's nothing they can do to change it and it's like it it baffled me and it made me so angry and all these like was saying all these layers of red tape to even try and bridge and open the door to try and like start fighting for change You know, the system makes it so difficult and they make it not only difficult for students, but also for teachers, because there are well-meaning teachers. And I think lockdown has really showed me that there are so many teachers who do want to fight change, which has been so hopeful and so inspiring that they want to listen to students. But the system makes it so difficult because of the emphasis on exams and and um. Like attainment levels and things like that This made it so difficult for anyone to try and put any change into place it's just it's disheartening but I'm hopeful that things will change
3: um I mean for me it was it was being around certain people that sparks my consciousness of like we need to change this and I think one of those people was like Aaliyah from Pupil Power. I remember um, I went to an event and Aaliyah and Zahra Bey, the founder of No More Exclusions, was there. And to hear them like talk was like. Really, it sparked something within me, something that like said, oh, my God, I'm not like alone in this, like I have other people who think that. And so from there, I just kind of um, educated myself and um you know talk to loads of other people that felt the same so
2: uh yeah that, that's my experience wow I mean yeah there are so many so many so many experiences and I feel like we're going to keep experiencing things that don't necessarily feel right and make us feel a little bit uncomfortable and put us in a position where we're like we want to change that um and I just feel as if like like Simi also touched on that frustration that we feel in each of those moments are probably the most important ingredient um, for our activism and for you know the possibility of change because if we don't feel frustrated enough to do something then we just won't we won't feel that urgency the need um, and the calling to do it and so it's really really important that we kind of see those moments of frustration and anger and all those negative feelings as a really positive thing because again, like me, if I didn't feel frustrated, if I didn't feel annoyed or feel like something needed to change, then I wouldn't be in the position I'm in now. And I definitely wouldn't be on this panel with you guys. Um, just personally touching on my experience. Um, I remember just pulling on the leadership thing, like just being in education and just feeling uncomfortable in different moments um, in so many different aspects. I had a really great secondary school experience um, and I'm put, pulling on secondary because that was like five years of my life. So it was quite huge. And I, I did have a positive experience, but. There were moments that happened and I just thought, that's not right. I don't feel comfortable there. I don't understand why that's happening. And I feel like, although some teachers, um, you know, from my secondary school may have seen it as like possibly butting heads, I always saw it as an opportunity to be critical and to question why. And I don't think that's a negative thing at all. Um, But unfortunately, the sort of system that we have in school is you have to be passive. You have to not ask questions. Do as you say, because I'm the teacher and you're the student. And I've had moments like that where members of staff have literally said like, kind of know your place like you're the student I'm SLT like this is how it is and it's just again I think at the time looking back I would have done things completely differently in the way I articulated myself and the way I you know would have communicated and responded to that but in the moment it's just like what it doesn't feel right it's not right and I feel like those moments of what led me to when I left secondary school going to um, an NEU event saying I signed up I know you guys are aware like I signed up as like um, I think a counselor or a teacher, just so I could be at the event because there was no option there for a young person to attend or a student to attend. And I turned up and I was literally in this room full of so many adults and they I literally stood out. And so they were like, what's she doing here? Like, I'm sure I felt uncomfortable, but they most definitely did. And for me, I've always just loved challenging things. I love the feeling of feeling uncomfortable, knowing that that temporary uncomfort will lead to long-term comfortability, if that makes sense. Like putting yourself in a situation that's unusual, is beneficial for the long term. Having uncomfortable conversations with whether it's your teachers or your students, it's not gonna feel nice in the moment, but you have to look past that because you know that by doing that, you're opening up the space even more. And so by being there, I'm sure teachers must have thought, oh, like maybe young people should be involved more in this sort of work. Why have we never thought that young people need to be involved in this? Um, and so that's my personal experience. So on that note now, I'd like to completely flip it on its head and think a lot more positively about this idea of okay, we've realised that education is not fit for purpose. Um, we've we've established that there's a consensus on that. But what is that vision? What are we striving for? Um, what does that look like? And in pupil power, a lot of you are involved in pupil power. We say you know, reimagining the 21st century education system. You know, we we're, we're we're in it now. We see it how it is. And lockdown was a moment where we realised that you know things are just not working. And I love lockdown for the reason that it was a massive pause button for teachers and for students where they were removed from a system that were just so wrapped up in Monday to Friday, you know, work, exams, marking and all the rest of it. And we then saw things for the way they were. Um, And so I'm really interested to know on what your vision is for the 21st century education system and how does belonging fit into that? I know that's a really long question and I've got so many more. So if we can kind of like keep that really concise, (laughs) that would be amazing. Uh, I'll go first, because I think,
3: um, yeah, anyway, um, th- then I think change starts with the education system. Um, I want to make the education system more democratic because currently it's the indoctrination of the young. And we see this through the PSHE guidance, we got, um, teachers can't use anti-capitalist materials and so on and so on, which I think it's absolutely, it's absolutely appalling. Um my my vision is we need to make first, we need to make schools more um, uh, democratic because that, you know, that they're, the, um, they're the main institution in which capitalism thrives um, subconsciously and, un- and unconsciously. Um, because often the people in the education system, staff, students, have been indoctrinated for um, such a long time. Um, And I think once we accomplish, you know, making um, the education system more democratic, we can move on to other areas in society and make them more democratic. So that's my vision for um, changing the 21st century. So, yeah. I think, yeah, there's so
4: many, things I think that you could hope for Um, but I know I'll try and keep my answer concise Um, I think if I was to summarize it just transparency is kind of the thing that over this lockdown has come to mean so much to me transparency between staff and students between um staff in the and senior leadership team government as well just brutal frank honesty because I think teachers underestimate that students can take it they can take that honesty and just knowing, oh, when we're challenging and questioning things, just tell us straight away, like, oh, sorry, I can't actually do Think about that. It's from above me. It can just, I think having that transparency humanizes both staff and students, which can mean that they can collaborate and work together a lot more. And everyone just bringing that into the theme of belonging feels a lot more included and aware of the decision-making process. So yeah, transparency.
5: Um, for me, I would say if I was going to quickly like put it into a couple of words, I would say collaboration and support. I think education should all be about working together, learning from each other, and supporting people with their interests. I think we really need to look at what we're teaching our youth and what we're teaching young people, and kind of be supporting in their interests. Because I just feel like so many students feel so excluded by the education system, feeling like they can't thrive in this education system that tells me there's something wrong and that all children need to be put and included in and making sure we're working to every student's strength, not just discarding them, saying, you don't fit our idea of education. That means you're not good enough for our society, meaning you're going to fail and then it's your fault. And I just think we really need to be looking at how we can widen our lens of education. And that's kind of made my education, ideal education system.
6: So me and Ava had an identical point (laughs) so I was like oh damn it Um, but essentially I think taking from what Ava said if there are people watching who think I want to do something when I go back to school on Monday or whatever and you're a teacher I'd say two things. One if you have a student who is angry about something and is maybe not expressing that in a way that you would consider appropriate don't straight away go to sanctioning that and I know a lot of people would and I could completely understand that but get to the root of the problem why are they angry why are they acting up um, and then support them if they want to take this further and they want to take it to the governors to student council to SLT whatever like take it with them and show them how they can express their emotions in a way that is appropriate but that will bring about change and um, I think obviously we want to be fighting for these legislations and stuff that can help us. Um, but if you want to do your part, like start from the ground up and just if you see a student who's angry, just help them because um, we can really appreciate that collaboration, like Ava said, is really important.
2: Honestly, as always, I always agree. And I think my head's gonna fall off cause I'm like nodding like the whole way. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I'm literally, um, I know that I, I think just listening to all of you guys already like we do so much together we work so much in so many different ways um i are, like we're here leading like legal challenges with the department for education um simi and ava and Lottie, like we're doing our own other stuff in terms of you know working with lawyers to change policy leading events trying to change like we're doing so much um and so i think it just feels like this moment now just makes me realize why we're doing it and why it's so important and i know that there are so many more you know, young people out there that are doing it, but also teachers as well. And I saw in the comments, I am trying to also look at the comments, I saw in the comments um, a teacher say that like you can almost feel like you're in it alone. And <clears throat> that's exactly how young people feel. And it's like, if we both realise that both parties are feeling the exact same, then we could just come together and start things a lot quicker. I think at the moment, it's just, complete silence from both sides and we're not acknowledging that we're, we're both frustrated and we can do so so much if we were to come together and say you know we feel the same and yeah we may be teachers and we may you know be in a different position to you but we acknowledge that and we're not going to use it in a way where we abuse it or we just we just acknowledge that we're, we're actually equal when it comes down to it and I'm sorry to say a lot of young people have way more kind of creative ideas and have more solutions than some of the adults that we see in power and you know I'm actually not even sorry for saying it um it is quite frank we see the like, debates on twitter and stuff of the department for education currently now and possibly even in schools and I just feel like young people need to be given more acknowledgement they need to give been given trust and I feel like the relationships I had in school um the great relationships with my teachers were the ones that were built with trust because they acknowledge that you know it's coming from a good place and there's that trust and that foundation built there. And a lot of that, that doesn't really happen when you have that hierarchy and that sort of like we're here and you're there. Um I just think we could progress so much faster if we start collaborating with young people in schools, start collaborating with um, the teachers and the adults and the senior leaders and bridge that gap. And so my question to you guys is, maybe pull on an experience, one of your most like favorite experiences just to share with everybody else of like how we bridge that gap and possibly just for like, theoretically how do we do that how do we bridge the gap between young people and teachers in school Um, I know obviously as young people we have our own views but teachers must think that you know we don't care they might think that we don't know what they're thinking so let them know if you could tell them something now in the audience what would you tell them to almost spark that inspire them and encourage them to bridge that gap so my thing would be Honesty,
6: and that's from both parties. And um, there is one member of staff that. So I, again, I'm in student council still, and I chair our meetings. And the one member of staff I link to, I'm very frank about my opinions. I don't beat about the bush. Um, and I will say it like it is. And I think from my age, being eighteen, that is something that now, like, they can take and they feel that that is coming from a good place. When I did that, when I was eleven or twelve, in that situation. There was definitely a stark difference of oh you're just acting up and oh this is yeah this is stupid and it was just blatant ageism Um so again like I was saying earlier if a student is doing that and is telling you their opinion that's because one they trust you um so take that but two you can also be just as honest back if you feel that there isn't anything you can do I think someone was saying this earlier just tell us like we don't need you to be about the bush we need honesty and we need trust and um yeah if that is you just with one student or with several students you can link up with that is just a massive amount of change you've just made already so yeah.
5: Um, I would say for me really make sure you continue to listen to your students Um, I was kind of asked to speak a bit about feminism and sexism within school so for this question I'm going to draw on that I asked um, Some people on my Instagram and my Snapchat to give me their own personal experience and a lot of them were anonymous and so many of them were of teachers ignoring cases of quite serious sexual harassment within schools and that tells me that teachers some teachers are not listening and if you're not listening to something as serious as sexual harassment cases how are we going to feel like we can make any change how is that setting us up to go out and go out into the workforce and then report those cases if a student has reported something to you please take that time to properly listen to what they're saying Because I can't think of anything more important because there's something really important about being belonging and that's being safe and if a student does not feel safe in your school because they are being sexually harassed or because they're not able to do the things they love such as sport or feel they can't participate in STEM and they're telling you these things you need to listen and make sure that you draw on those experiences and you support them with fighting for that justice. Thank you.
4: Yeah, I would just say, I think I'll I'll say it until I'm red in the face, well not red, but yeah. <laughs> Transparency and honesty, be honest with where you can change things and where you can't change things um, to students, especially with school councils, let students know their scope and the amount of power that they have and I think to teachers we know that you know you're busy with especially this year with tests and trace and exams and trying to get students up to speed and it can feel like you can't juggle these things because you want to but you don't have the time but just making that little effort just to listen I think students appreciate that so much and just to remember that what you got into education for was to try and shape students into being world makers and world changers and just taking the time out just to make that effort to listen and to be honest with your students makes the world difference and creates that trust.
3: I mean it's a bit of a difficult one because teachers um are held back by censorship and what they can say and can't say um I know for um like past um, experiences, that often when teachers agree, they can't show that they agree with my view. Um, but they do try to subtly let me know. Um, I think also as students, we have um, a duty to initiate that conversation because censorship um, for teachers means that they obviously can't initiate the conversation. And um, I've done this in ways like I've had Noam Chomsky stickers all over my politics folders and my politics teachers are often like, oh, hi, why do you think that? Or, or sometimes I go, Oh sir, what do you think of this and that and that? And they tell me honestly. And I and, I, and that um cooperation uh, between students and teachers needs to happen. And it does work often. Um it, it does work, you know. I I know that my teachers think this and that and that, and I and it kind of um, it kind of teaches me a lot, a lot, a lot more than I obviously thought I would ever, you know. Learn. But um, I think it, you know, it needs to happen both ways, and teachers and students need to um, acknowledge that there's boundaries on um, and and restraints on both sides. So um, yeah, that's my view, and um, yeah.
2: Thank you so much for that. Um, and just to finally end it, I'll literally say a sentence, like young people are definitely um, undermined. And I feel my challenge to all the teachers here today is just just literally challenge yourself to see young people in a way that you haven't before, have those conversations and be interested enough to encourage them to lead, you know, lead change on a local level, but a national level. And I think young people often more, um, more times than not feel like, you know what? I'm complaining about this, I don't like it, but there's nothing I can do about it. And so just kind of spark that in them, spark them and make them realise that they can do something about it. Whether it's as little as going to speak to another teacher, speaking to a peer about it, or writing a letter to your local MP, there's always something that can be done. Um, and especially with pupil power, like we're developing toolkits that allow that to happen. And I saw a question that I'm just really tempted to cover on really, really quickly that said about student um, student council, whether they should be scrapped. And I think they should in all respect. I think the idea of them are amazing, the skills you develop. But I feel like our skills are changing now. The challenges that we have in the world and we need to face and that we want young people to be a part of in in changing and being the solution towards, we need different skills. And those skills I have learned by myself independently away from school, away from those student leadership tokenistic opportunities, um, that hierarchy. Like, I'm, it sounds like I'm, you know, I was involved in all that stuff. I was head girl in school, but even little things such as like having the hierarchy of being head girl, deputies and assistants, I absolutely hated it. Cause I used to sit there and think like, why can't the assistants also, you know, why, why is it that like I don't like that trickle down effect we're all equal I want you guys to say as much as I do and I think it's really important that in that respect that we're drawing upon the students that seem like they're disengaged or not interested because those are the ones that are most frustrated that will have the most solutions rather than the ones you know that love school and it works for them because we need to have a clear representation um I know we have the Q&A now I don't know if Hannah you were going to lead on that
0: Well, I just want to say, first of all, um, Alia, exceptional hosting, your ability to hold the space, ask questions and keep an eye on the chat. You're putting Benny and I to shame, love. Well done. Really, really excellent hosting. Um, And ISME, Ava and Lottie, Honestly, I, like you were the girls I wanted to be friends with at school. Like, where were you when I was your age? Like, you've got so much love and respect. Oh, I, sorry, Alia, you as well. Like, you've got so much love and respect from the, from the chat here. Um, well done for, for finding your voice, using your voice, standing up, speaking out, and actually showing adults what we need to happen and disrupting. I've, one of the phrases I wrote down was about you being young activists who are channeling your frustration to raise consciousness. Wow okay um you you found the question i was going to ask you around the role of student council there's a question i knew was going to come up and sophie and i had a bit of a chat about this in the week one of the questions is where are the young men in this conversation and i'm going to preface that question by saying where are the grown men too because we've got 150 dei leads in a dm group on twitter who we're working with and they are 99% female. So can we just speak about gender involvement, gender voice, and and just pop your hand up if you want to kick off first. Who who would like to speak to that first about, Lottie, do you want to go first and then Ava? Go on, Lottie.
6: Um, I think your question one is so interesting, um, because it's something I think about a lot as well. And I found going through, again, school councils, I know we keep coming back to this, it has been a predominantly female space. Um, And In terms of men being involved, the boys and men that I know who are in these spaces, it did take them some time because there's such a stigma around this kind of work of being quite sensitive and being quite, oh, no, I don't like that, so I'm going to act up about it. Um, And it's not. It's actually really strong and really brave of you to be able to say that something is wrong. Um, We have got loads of guys who work in the People Power, but again, that's no kind of proportioned out to um how much women we have so I think if you are a guy and watching this and thinking oh, I do want to do something it isn't a, a womanly thing it is just it's something that everyone can um, be a part of and the more diverse genders that we have working with us the more change we're going to create because the more perspectives we're going to cover so um definitely get involved just reach out to anyone.
0: Thank you Lottie, Ava do you want to add to that?
6: yeah i mean i think probably one of the reasons could be is that often
5: especially around men have the privilege of being male like they don't experience a proportion of something that we do within the education system um they in like leadership positions in in teaching they are able to grow further and go um, and get higher positions even though the majority of people in education are female um and in school I know that they kind of changed a lot of the school kind of work and the way got rid of a lot of the the coursework because the coursework was seen to benefit girls better than it did boys even though boys would go out and even if they had not performed as well in school they would then still be able to um as we all know get better jobs and pay better um don't need to tell you guys that um so I think it's kind of that at first that kind of reluctance because the system is made for them a lot of the time, especially if you're a white male, um, white cis male, the system is made for you. So you don't often realise everything at the beginning, but we need your support. We can't do this without you. If whether it's anything from just speaking about, about gender inequality, pay gaps, or if it's around like stopping that locker room banter, and stuff like that. It's something that we need you to be involved with. So please, as Lottie said, please step forward and step up and help us out. It's so important for you guys to be here with us. And it'd be lovely to see some of your faces.
0: Thank you, um, Ava. And before I come to you, Alia, we also need, so apologies if my language there was gendered language. We've got some comments about non-binary inclusion as well. So apologies talking about boys and girls, men and women. Um, Alia, what do you want to add to that question before I have a final question for Simeon Aya? Um but just to add, I think we have to look at like why that's happening. And I think in
2: school, I went to an all-girls school, but I'm now at a mixed um sixth form. I think just the behavior that might be like, you know, shown from boys of like them being destructive. And like someone said before, like destructive behavior isn't destructive behavior, there's a reason behind it. And often we shut that down with you know sanctions, exclusions, and all of those things. And when actually when we look at it, um, if we look at no more exclusions, that's the perfect example I can think of. That group, there are probably more experiences of boys that have been excluded. But actually, they're there leading change because they've realised they can do something about it. So teachers need to realise the behaviours and what they're shutting down and what they're encouraging. So we need to be encouraging you to be critical and you to challenge it rather than you know sanctioning you for challenging things.
0: Thank you, Alia, which leads me on to my my last question. So Simi and then Aya, do you mean if you, if, if, if there's young people listening today, what's your message to them about agency and becoming part of the solution? Um, to the problems, Simmy, what's your what's your words of wisdom?
4: I think just know that change can be created by you, led by you, with collaboration from those who have more power than you. But you have the ability to do it. I think a lot of the time, young people they're just consuming and they're getting all this rage, but they don't know where to challenge, uh, channel it because they're not being empowered to to fight for it. But just know that there are adults and other young people who are willing to work with you and to really support you.
0: Thank you Simeon and Aya you spoke about like how you've um, increased your own consciousness maybe you want to speak to that as well Aya. Um, so
3: yeah Um. before like I started to reach out to people who are like-minded I was really really kind of shy and I didn't know what to do so I just like started reading um, books and you know and it felt it boosted my confidence um, to talk to people and I realised that there are people who obviously have read these books and agree with it and obviously disagree with it. Um, I found it very hard to kind of, um, to like kind of know um, where, you know, people who, you know, agree with me um, are on, on, um and try and reach out to them um so I you know I just um I just sort of you know googled one day student-led um student-led uh student-led organizations and I found um um I found Aaliyah's organization and from then on I just branched out I suppose so it's, it starts off slow and, and lonely, but, um, you know, it will progress and you'll realise that you aren't um, alone. So, yeah.
0: Girls, you're so inspiring. Thank you so much. Benny, you've got the job of summing up in like 45 seconds and having a few final words from
7: Sophie. Over to you, love. <laughs> Okay, it's hard to sum that up, girls. I've been watching, um, it's sort of lurking in the background, and the threads that are coming out for me, um, is kind of what, like what Hannah said about, uh, about how you bring out agency, and all of you have articulated so much about, um, the the experiences that led you to this work, um, and you've act- articulated brilliantly about the the reasons why. There needs to be that gap bridged between students and teachers and I think you've articulated the frustrations that teachers feel uh, particularly well because I think you are right you know we do want to have some conversations and, and teachers as they've said in the chat um, you know do sometimes feel hemmed in uh, to have these conversations in in transparency and and actually that that phrase that stuck out for me I think it was you Simi who said um, that transparency humanizes um, and, and I think that 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 is a really powerful uh, takeaway from today. Um, I would recommend that you go back and have a look at some of the comments that you're receiving on on, on social media, um, because I think there's a lot of people who are incredibly proud um, of what you're doing. Um, and so thank you so much for joining us today. I'm going to hand over to Sophie now for, for final words on this section.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to say that um, I know that the folk that are involved in Diverse Ed's work understand and can see the problematic nature of um, sex-based discrimination um, issues around LGBT rights and so on and racism you know we understand why that is a problem and I want to just say that age-based discrimination in the education system as it's directed towards young people is not less of a problem it's not less of a social justice issue it is actually in my opinion where all the other inequalities originate is this idea that one group is entitled to dominance over another or is better than another and so if you get the rest of the issues that said are working on please think in your in your school how can you address age-based discrimination experienced by students on a daily basis in your classroom in your meetings how can you bring young voices in how can you make sure that young people know that they are not less than the adults in that place it's it's just as important to me um that's it really and just to flag as well that there are opportunities with pupil power with phoenix we're <clears throat> going to be running another cycle of our change makers our program in february so do get in touch if you know a young person that you think would like to to um, participate in community on these issues with us
0: thank you all um brilliant go and enjoy your saturdays thank you so much for your time and energy benny and i will be back in one minute's time to wrap up what has been an absolutely fantastic day so thank you see you all soon.